0: Hey, podcast listeners, thanks again for tuning in to another week with Pastor Wilson. Canon Press didn't want those of you who only chew your information through the years to miss out on Pastor Wilson's blog and May blog. And so, the blog cast was born. Every Monday and Wednesday, Pastor Wilson writes the meat and potato posts at his blog. Hours later, those posts will be released in audio form via the blog and May blog podcast. The podcast is available almost everywhere podcasts are available. This includes Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, and YouTube for ease of sharing. So, ease into a nice chair, take a sip from your Blog and Mayblog coffee cup, and enjoy listening to Theology That Bites Back. Thanks. Welcome to the podcast this is episode 103 103 the podcast I'm Douglas Wilson good to be with you thanks for thanks for joining us so as I um, as I'm recording this you'll probably uh, get this uh, in a week or two but as, as I'm recording this uh, the the new prime Minister of uh, United Kingdom of the UK is a gent named Boris Johnson now somebody, Somebody might think that the fates are, are, you know, playing hardball with us. You know, uh, all of a sudden, the U.K. is being governed by a sort of a larger-than-life cartoon character with orange hair who was born in New York City and, uh, and his name is not Donald Trump. Uh, Boris Johnson is, well... Like Donald Trump, he's he's on the he's standing over there with the conservatives, and talks a conservative game and refers to his uh, affection for the conservative party. But he's not your grandma's conservative. He's not an orthodox conservative any more than Donald Trump is. Um, he's more of a renegade and or a populist. Um, but it seems that uh, the Lord has determined that we are going to go through a silly season. Um, populi- basically, um, there's been a uh, wave of populist uh, rebellion against uh, the respectable mainstream. Um, Donald Trump is an example of it. Bolsonaro in uh, the new president of uh, Brazil is another example, and now, and now Boris Johnson. Uh, probably the thing, t- the, uh, th- and, and as with Donald Trump, Boris Johnson is not a stalwart representative of godliness. He's not, he's, he, whatever it is, uh, he's not that. But he's now the prime minister of the UK, and here's, uh, here's I think, the first thing that we can look forward to. Uh, the first thing that I think is going to be notable in his um, administration and and that is um, the the exit the Brexit uh, exit from um, the European Union is it uh, is it now appears going to happen. So what what happened was uh, the the referendum mandating a Brexit, uh, what, which surprised pretty much everybody, um, including. Uh, Teresa May, who didn't really, was not a fan, didn't want to do it, uh, but was then responsible for executing uh, this um, mandate, leave the European Union. Well, because she wasn't a firm believer, she wanted to nuance her way out of the European Union. And that gave her, basically, that gave away all her negotiating uh, leverage to the bureaucrats in Brussels, where the where the uh, headquarters of the European Union is located so that meant basically she could be played and she tr- she tried to nuance her way out of the European Union because everybody all the responsible people uh, were were prophesying dire things if um, if it were not done in the most nuanced respectable way possible so um, Consequently, she kept negotiating these deals, which were turned down by uh, Parliament. Parliament refused to approve them. She was not able to negotiate a deal with the European Union. What Boris Johnson is committed to is what's called a hard Brexit. In other words, leaving by a certain date, whether there's an agreement or not. Um, Now, if you have a hard Brexit, everybody, all the responsible people... Are prophesying doom and gloom for the UK if that happens, but what's likely to happen is there's, I, I think it's going to be an explosion of prosperity on the UK side, um, and Boris Johnson is willing to do that, which means that he all of us he's willing for a hard uh, Brexit, uh, which means that he immediately has all the negotiating uh, leverage that Theresa May uh, did not have. So as, as, as Christians, as we're watching these things, we can, uh, you know, both with Donald Trump and now with Boris Johnson, one of the things we should remind ourselves of is this. God draws straight with crooked lines. And what God is doing is not necessarily something that we get to do. God is I think being kind to us and and unraveling all sorts of aspects of the administrative state, all kinds of regulations, all kinds of things that we we did not deserve to have wadded up and thrown away are are being wadded up and thrown away to our great uh, to our great blessing. So what does this mean well what does this mean? It means that that Christians ought to retain their integrity, hold on to their heart. They should not become a, uh, Donald Trump fanboy, nor should they become a Boris Johnson fanboy. But I think we can be, and must be, fans of what God is doing. Um, you know, when I think it was, um, well, I won't go down that road. I'll just, I'll just put it, I'll, I'll just put it this way. Um, we can rejoice in the good things that are done, however God has arranged for them to be done. That doesn't necessarily mean that we should resort to Machiavellian tactics and, and embrace a, a, an approach that says the, uh, the end justifies the means. But it does, it does mean that we ought to be, rather than condemning Trump, or, and we'll have plenty of new opportunities to condemn uh, Johnson as well. Rather than doing that, we ought to ask ourselves: Why is it that these ungodly men were able to keep promises better than all the godly ones? Just ask them. So, hamartiology. Apathes occurs six times in the New Testament, and it's rendered by the word disobedient. Apathes is rendered by the word disobedience. A-P-E-I-T-H-E-S. Zacharias was promised that his son John would be used to turn the disobedient to the wisdom of the just. That's in Luke 1.17. When the Lord appeared to Saul of Tarsus, he was not disobedient to the heavenly vision. That's in Acts 26.19. In his list of great evils at the conclusion of Romans 1, Paul included the fact that such people are disobedient to their parents. That's Romans 1.30. He does the same thing in his list of sins in 2 Timothy 3.2. And false teachers are both abominable and disobedient. Titus 1.16. But lest anyone put on airs before Christ called us to himself, we were all that way. Titus 3, 3. We were all, like the others, disobedient. And this means that Christ died for people who had gone the wrong way, who had done what they were told not to do, who had disobeyed when God had told them to obey. We were all in that position. We were all, like sheep, gone astray. We were disobedient. Let's go. So my book review this, uh, uh, this time, this time being episode 103 in the podcast, my book review is a book called Boys in the Boat um, by a gent named Brown. Uh, this is a book that um, that my wife and I listened to together on Audible. Um, it, the production of it is quite, quite good. We had an event over in Seattle, and so um, we listened to the book On the way over, and then uh, on the way over, and then on the way back, and then I think we had like 45 minutes left (laughs) on the book after we got home, and had to drive around and um, finish the book that way. I think that's what we did. Anyway, the boys in the boat. The boys in the boat um, is about uh, the rowing, the uh, the U.S. Olympic rowing team uh, that. Uh, hailed out of the University of Washington in 1936. And it basically gives the backstory of all these young men who came to row for the University of Washington and how they uh, uh, rowed their way to a championship and then were selected to row um, in the um, 1936 Olympics, hosted by Hitler in Berlin. And uh, it's it's a, a gripping story. It, there's uh, And there are all sorts of um, uh, fun uh, fun details in it, uh, sort of a Depression-era backstory where these uh, hard-luck uh, kids came from. They weren't refi- refined. They weren't an Ivy League uh, rowing team. They were, uh, you know, uh, workers with their hands, uh, rough uh, farm boy types. And they, um, and they were honed into this great, um, a uh, great unit. My, um, there's a a thing in there. Well, I'll, will just a few things about it. Uh, this is all, most of it is set in the Pacific Northwest where I, where I live. In fact, when Nancy and I were driving over to Seattle, listening to this, um, Uh, The book mentions Stevens Pass, um, which is um, a pass going not it's to the north of Snoqualmie uh, Pass, and uh, we were taking that route. We drove we drove over uh, Stevens Pass, and then just a few seconds later, the the book mentioned the uh, main character uh, being at Stevens Pass, and uh, oh, that's that's fun. Also. Uh, the, the the author describes this um, sensation that rowers have um, called the swing, and basically it's when all uh, all the members of the, uh, everyone in the shell the boat is called a shell uh, everyone in the crew is in perfect harmony. They're all in sync. They're all in the zone, and that's called um, that's called the, the swing. And in this swing, they're just in this, ex, you know, the, this, ex, it's an ecstatic experience. Um, my father, um, was a graduate of the Naval Academy, class of 1950, and he rode for, um, uh, Navy. And in fact, uh, he rode uh, a, a few years, this was just a few years after the events in this book, but he, um, he rode in the regatta at Poughkeepsie the last time it was held there, um, that was um, that was a problem because it was rowing on the river and and you know there was the luck of the draw and where you have, what lane you, what lane you had and whatever. But my father, who uh, loves the Lord and has been an evangelist for many decades, said that uh, rowing and, and particularly that experience of swing, he, as he described it, is the next best thing to Christianity. <laughs> so, uh, if you want to, uh, if you want to g- be immersed in uh, a wonderful description of that kind of competition, that kind of training, that kind of uh, life, the boys in the boat uh, would be just a. It's just a marvelous read. It's a marvelous book. Wonderful book. I uh, commend it heartily one last thing after you after you finish the book um, you can uh, go you can go on YouTube and uh, google up uh, the, the the final race um, that is described in the book in Berlin uh, where they've they've got it on film and uh, it's just with well, no spoilers but it's it's just great. The uh, The people gave the Americans the lousiest lane. They didn't hear the starting gun. One of their uh, key rowers was deathly ill with the flu <laughs> and was laid up in the boat. Anyway, um, it's a nail biter. Get it. You'll enjoy it. You've spent a pleasant half hour with podcast proprietor Douglas Wilson. This podcast is produced by Canon Press. Please take a moment to subscribe to the podcast on your favorite listening platform. To hear more from Doug, please visit canonpress.com.